Gun runners. Worst snarled, sliding over the almost buried shell of the APC as rounds impacted against the metal. Gun runners, they told us, not users. Logical progression. Resk fired a quick burst through one of the second floor windows on the ruined anchor, interrupting the gun runners' fire long enough for worse to get cover. Especially if they knew we were coming. How could they know we were coming? Worst demanded. The Justice Department has a leak. A leak. Worst leaned around the back end of a destroyed APC. You think that's possible, Gunny? They were a little too prepared, Torin admitted. Helmet scanner registering heat signatures at the windows, where they'd already identified shooters through the less technical method of being shot at. Unfortunately, if a scanner existed that could see through walls built to withstand both the rigors of space and an atmospheric entry, she hadn't been issued one. The building at the center of every new colony, the anchor, was a cross between a Marine Corps Susumi packet and a large vacuum to atmosphere transport. 30 meters by 20 meters by 6 meters, it held everything the colony needed to get started, and once emptied, became a community center, a hospital, and, if necessary, a fortress. Designed to be nearly indestructible, it was part of the Confederation's promise to the younger races that they'd be supported as they spread out through known space. Nearly indestructible hadn't been enough for this particular anchor to entirely survive a primacy landing force during the last year of the war. Although, to be fair to the anchor's designers and engineers, it also had to survive the Confederation Marine Corps retaking the colony. And no one had yet come up with anything, buildings, transportation, tech, that was marine-proof. Marine-resistant, yes. Proof, no. Again, to be fair, the anchor was in better shape than the rest of the colony. Chico Company, Torin's old unit, hadn't been part of the attack that had driven the primacy out of three points. But she could read the story of the battle on the ruins and debris. And she knew the weight of the senior NCO's vest, heavy with the number of bodies they'd carried out. Bodies reduced to their basic components for ease of transport and stored in small metal cylinders. No Marine left behind. Her hands were steady on her KC-7, the familiar weight of the core primary weapon canceling the twitch toward the places on her own vest where her dead had rested. The combat vest was a recent addition to the Warden's uniform, as was the KC. Change came slowly to the Wardens, to the entire Confederation. But change came whether the Elder Races welcomed it or not. Not that Torin expected anyone to welcome the need for armed response teams. Gunny, I've got hostiles on the roof. Two, no, three, moving a large rectangular crate up through the trap. Boots on the ground. The angle kept Torin from picking up any of the action two stories up. In place on one of the remaining rock formations that had given three points its name, Binti Mashona had a clear line of sight. Do you have a shot? No. They've got a good idea where I have to be, and they're using the crate to- Fuck me sideways, it's a mortar. Specks flashed along the lower edge of Torin's visor as the mortar came online. Well, that answers a question we didn't give a shit about. Worst muttered. One of the dirt bags was artillery. Not likely. Resk argued as Torin squeezed off two quick shots, 
One to herd, one to hit. A Ditekin screamed. We're almost in the building with them, and their structural integrity was breached before we got here. The glass was broken, Morst interjected. That's what I said. If one of this lot was artillery, they'd have known to open with the mortar. 